Well, the last half hour, we were talking with Goldie Hyder, the CEO of the Canadian Business Council, about uh, some of the labor shortages we're having in this country and problems with the immigration system. And I wanted to concentrate more on that in this half hour. It's no mystery, of course, that we're suffering through a labor shortage right now. Um, Goldie was telling me that uh, he's spoken to businesses where they're 10% down, big corporations, 10% short, they feel, on the amount of staff they should have. And what better way to help fill some of those positions than with skilled workers from other parts of the world, uh, those who are already here, those who have come here to study, eager to make a living and perhaps build a life in Canada. But it appears that a backlog in processing times for immigration applications is having the opposite effect with thousands of skilled workers who would have qualified for permanent residence in this country under normal circumstances, having to leave because their work permits are expiring. To give you an idea, uh, this country sets targets for permanent residency or permanent residence uh, at least according permanent residents, the target in 2020 was 341,000. But because of the pandemic and some changes, only 185,000 new permanent residence visas were granted. So, uh, you know, just a little over half. So where does this huge backlog come from? What does it mean for those left out in the cold? And how do you fix it? Joining me now is Mika Lalone. She's a partner at McRae Immigration Law in Vancouver. Thanks for your time tonight. Oh, thanks for having me. I, I don't imagine a lot of us were aware that this was happening, but this sounds like a, a huge, huge issue with that many people who should easily qualify for permanent residence in this country not being able to do so. It is a huge issue, and uh, the issue really surfaced, obviously, at the beginning of the pandemic when um, the government slowed processing times enormously and the borders were closed. And so they weren't admitting new permanent residents from outside of Canada who otherwise would have been able to come. And as a result of them falling seriously short of their 2020 targets, they sort of overdid it in 2021 and invited in order to sort of make up um, this shortfall overextended themselves and invited um, a lot of people to apply for permanent residence under the economic class. They opened a new category. They dug deep into the express entry pool. Um, and as a result of that, there were too many people, too many applications in 2021, not enough staff to process, not enough spots available for these individuals to actually be approved. And so a lot of these applications that should have been approved in 2021 have now been rolled over to 2022. So there's a processing slowdown and a, and a basically pushing off the timeline for approvals into the new fiscal year in order to meet 2022 targets. But there's kind of a bigger issue here, and that's that because the government did overextend themselves in 2021, um, they put a pause even on inviting new uh, applicants who had been working in Canada to apply for permanent residence. So between September of 2021 and July of 2022, there were no new invitations to apply issued to individuals under the Canadian experience class. And that means that there are a whole bunch of people in Canada who otherwise pre-pandemic times would have easily obtained that invitation to apply and transition to permanent residence from their work permits um, are sitting still in this pool uh, and their work permits are expiring, as you said. Yeah, and these are people already working. I mean, these are people with work in this country who would you would think would be the, the single most advantageous to give permanent residency to. 
Absolutely, because these individuals, uh, most of them already have job offers. They've been integrated very well into the labor market. A lot of them have Canadian education. Um, Their language skills are great. Uh, They're needed in a lot of really essential occupations. Um, and they have not been able to transition to permanent residence, and we are definitely at risk of losing these highly skilled individuals uh, who are just going to max out of their work permit status. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, my wife is from, from China, so when we were in, in the UK, there were some changes there in the way, uh, you know, permanent residency worked, or at least work permits worked, uh, and, yeah. and that was a problem. And then when we came here, permanent residency was fairly straightforward. But for those who got stuck in that pause, it must just be, I mean, it's just the luck of the, the bad luck of the draw, right, that you ended up uh, in, in that category, looking, you know, that your, your work permit's going to expire and you're still waiting in this line. Absolutely. And I think that that uh, is a real issue in terms of the transparency and the predictability of our immigration system and individuals who are thinking about coming to Canada in the future, who have a lot to offer uh, Canada in terms of their um, work experience and education and skill set. You know, they're not necessarily going to look at Canada first because uh, there's no um, guaranteed plan to transition to permanent residence and the government going forward has indicated that they are going to make some additional changes in 2023 to the way that permanent residence works and that they may um, specifically target certain occupations, certain educational backgrounds, certain language skills and what that means is people just don't know am I in one of those occupations? Am I do I have the right type of education? And it used to be the case prior to the pandemic that individuals who were planning to come to Canada, let's say as international students or highly skilled foreign workers, they would be able to predict with some degree of certainty whether or not they were going to make the permanent residence cut before they even got here. So, you know, it was it was kind of an easy sell to say, OK, you know, come to Canada for a year, uh, work for your employer, then apply for permanent residence under Canadian experience class. You've got a high points threshold under this calculation system based on all of your factors Um, you know you should be a permanent resident within two years of arriving in Canada and now individuals just don't have that certainty Um, international students aren't going to have that certainty that if they do x y and z then that will put them on the pathway towards permanent residence so to me that's a real weakness in our system right now that has to be addressed. For listeners who may not know how this works, when you apply for permanent residency in this country, you enter in this sort of this vortex where (laughs) getting updates on your application, finding out where you stand, whether you qualify is virtually impossible. You, You literally mail in this application and then keep your fingers crossed. And you rarely, if ever, are able to speak to a human being to say, hey, where am I at? What's going on? What's happened to my application? Uh, It's really a very, very, I mean, if people in this country have never been through it, it is a very disconcerting and stressful process. I mean, you must have had, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say that in addition to that, um, you know, there are a whole bunch of people who are in that pre-permanent resident stage who have one year of Canadian experience, They've got good points on their language test scores. Um, They've got an educational credential recognition, and they enter into the express entry pool um, because they meet an eligibility criteria for one of the federal programs, and they're given another score in that pool. 
Um, and then you're, and then they're just all waiting. They don't even have an application that's currently pending, um, you know, let alone in some sort of backlog where they have no idea what's going on with it. They're just waiting to get that invitation to, to apply. And that, yeah, and that's probably, to me, the, the biggest issue. Those who are in the system already who have gotten those invitations to apply and are waiting, they're frustrated, but they're also very relieved because they know that if they had attempted this, you know, a few months later, a year later, that they might have been out of luck. You know, uh, Mika, we've done stories, obviously, about about uh, Afghan translators trying to come to this country, about different mm-hmm. people who've been trying to come to this country. Uh, the inability to process these uh, applications, or at least allow for the number of applications that you that you said you're going to take, uh, seems like such an such, it seems like shooting yourself in the foot in such an unbelievable yeah. way. It's hard to imagine that we've let this happen. It is. And I mean, this sort of uh, goes directly to the 2021 uh, issue, which was that the government uh, overextended itself and was inviting um, at one go 27,000 people to apply in one day. And that's an enormous number of people for the processing capacity that the government has. And then in the same uh, basically quarter, they invited another 90,000 people to apply um, and they just don't have the internal resources to process those applications or the technology to streamline it. So they've talked about dedicating a whole bunch of federal money to, um, I guess, increase their their resources through technology. I know they've just hired 1,200 people in the fall to help process applications. I think there's a concern on the part of applicants and lawyers that, the more technology that you put into the system, the less um, the less room you have for nuance in, in an application. That's just an algorithm that's looking at your application, and if you don't tick something correctly, then you're you've lost your opportunity and you're out. So while it's good to hear that they are investing in technology, it sort of remains to be seen whether or not that technology is actually going to be user friendly and actually help uh, immigrants be or prospective immigrants become permanent residents of Canada. And we're at real risk of having people, having people's work permit. When a work permit expires and you don't have an invitation uh, to apply for permanent residence, what happens? Do you have to leave? You, in, in most cases, yes. So there are some options. If you have a work permit, there are some cases where an employer can help you out by obtaining something called a labor market impact assessment application um, or approval for your role that's about as fun as it sounds it's uh, administratively complex processing times are long you need to um, be able to evidence that there's a a labor market shortage for that particular job a lot of employers are willing to do that uh, for employees who are currently working for them whose work permits are about to expire but a not a lot are not um, and so, you know, you are at risk then of losing these, these individuals. A lot of the w- types of work permits that people are on um, are not extendable on their own. So, yes, they would have to leave until they have an application pending. There's no ability to apply to extend your work permit. How do we fix this? It seems like something that would have to be fixed fast. And how could it be done? Well, that's the, the million-dollar question. The government has recently uh, put out... Uh, a paper basically with five pillars talking about what they're going to do in 2023 to uh, improve the immigration system. But from what 
the five pillars indicate, it's not really going to fix things for individuals who are here right now. These new um, programs or the description of these programs are only going to be released in uh, in the spring. And so in the meantime, you know, every day, every week, every month, people are losing status and, and going home. So what I would um, encourage the government to do would be to issue temporary work permits to those individuals who are currently in Canada, whose permits are about to expire, who are sitting in the express entry pool but can't get an invitation to apply right now. Um, They've done that recently with some international graduates who graduated between certain dates. They've allowed them to extend their post-grad work permits, but to me that's not enough. I think they need to go further and, uh, and allow others as well to extend their temporary stay who otherwise would be well on track to becoming permanent residents already. But I do think that there's a bigger issue here, and that's that that shortfall in 2020 has created kind of a, an ongoing problem of we've currently got a heck of a lot more demand for permanent resident visas than supply. And so um, the way I think the government needs to address this uh, is to quickly, uh, as quickly as possible, uh, roll out their plan and advise um, possible immigrants or prospective immigrants that, uh, you know, this is what's going to happen and and we'll extend your work permit for another 12 months. But beyond that, you know, you're going to have to find work in elsewhere. And that gives employers enough time to potentially transition um, away from that particular worker as well if there's no way they're ever going to be allowed to become a permanent resident. Yeah, I mean, it feels like there must be. I mean, I know behind every application or every hope for permanent residence is a family, is a story, is someone waiting somewhere for good news. But you would think mm-hmm. there would have to be a way to prioritize those who are already here in this country working. That's right. And, you know, when the government recently in July started inviting um, individuals to apply under express entry again, uh, they had the category open, I should clarify, for individuals who had a provincial nomination, and that's kind of a joint application between an employer and an employee. That was still going, but very limited numbers being invited. So when they reopened this whole system up again in July, they included in these invitations individuals who were um, applying from outside of Canada who have likely never, ever worked in Canada before. And that program, it's called Federal Skilled Worker, that had actually been on pause since almost the beginning of the pandemic. And it's a bit of a head-scratcher as to why, um, you know, they're including individuals who are outside of Canada in in these draws, given that there's so many people here uh, who who aren't able to to qualify at the moment given their point score so if they if they kept that category closed from overseas economic applicants i'm not talking about spouses or right. um, refugees i'm just talking about the economic class and simply focus on those who are in canada who have already contributed to the labor market or graduated from a canadian institution that would help a bit Michael alone, uh, the, the scratching of the head would, would leave me with no hair. So I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for clarifying uh, what is a big problem. Thanks for having me.